Hello, good morning, good afternoon. This is Toyin Yumesiri, and I'd like to welcome you to Tuesday's Live with Toyin. Today, I have a very special guest for you today, uh, Mr. Akindele Akinyemi, who is the president of the um, Global Africa Business Association, GABA. Um, before I bring him on, I also want to say a big thank you to our sponsors of today, the African Export Import Bank, and I'll play a video announcing one of the um, key engagements that we are partnering to promote globally as well. So enjoy this. Join Africa's largest trade and investment fair in Rwanda. Intra-African Trade Fair gives you access to more than 1,100 exhibitors, 10,000 visitors and buyers, and more than 5,000 conference delegates from more than 55 countries. Participate in trade and investment deals worth 40 billion US dollars as business and government come together to explore business and networking opportunities at the International Exhibition. Brought to you by the African Export Import Bank and their premium partners. The IATF 2021. Transforming Africa. Awesome. Mr. Akindele, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so I'm much for so having me. I'm so excited. So let me officially um, introduce you to our, um, our viewers today. Sure. So um, Mr. Akindele Akiyemi is the president and CEO of the Global African um, Business Association based in Michigan, but you have members around the U.S., um, you lead a network of professionals seeking to do business in Africa, as well as you educate people on the continent uh, of Africa in terms of how to do business in the U.S. Um, you are a 20-year educator working in the field of higher education, and you are the former president of the Lena X Library in Inkster, Michigan, and the former chair of the Inkster Downtown Development Agency. Can I also add, you didn't have this, but um, you are one of the um, very few elected blacks, ever elected blacks in the state of Michigan, correct? Yes, that's correct. Did, yeah. I, did I say that well? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. So congratulations on your various successes. Thank um, you. you and I, you know, we talk all, you know, we talk offline and with the live, live show now, Part of what I'm trying to get people to see is to be like a fly on the wall. On the wall, mm -hmm. you know, the regular conversations that I'm having with people like you from leaders around the world. Those types of conversations that you know they're so exciting. They keep us, um, you know, excited mm -hmm. about the future. And so, welcome, welcome. Thank Please you. say hello to everyone. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love your personality. Thank you. In fact, I also have to say thank you again. I remember. Back in 2019, um, you were the um, MC. You you played an MC role for me um, when I was hosting the um, the I believe second edition of the Trade with Africa Business Summit in Chicago. You came all the way right. and you kept you kept everybody alive. You know, you know, every the room was like, yes, Mr. Akindele in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so That's thank right. you, thank you for that. So let me ask this question. Um, you know, we're a few days away from the end of this year. How has yeah. this year been for you with your work, your members? How have you processed 2020? Uh, you know, for, for first of all, uh, first of all, Toyin, thank you for having me on your program this morning. Um, you know, you've you have been an inspiration uh for me, uh, because people do not talk about trade with Africa uh as a platform as an economic platform uh, to mobilize uh, African-Americans, Africans, Caribbean people across the diaspora. It's just not a very popular topic to discuss. 
And so I, I commend you for taking uh, the lead and taking the passion uh, to make it a priority for us here in the 21st century. Um, to, to answer your question directly, uh, I, you know, I just, just you know, I just sent out my last GABA notes, uh, which is a weekly email I send out to the team. And just, just let them know that through the challenges that we've had uh, as a team, as an organization, you know, through COVID-19, I think we did very well. And I think our team did extraordinary uh, by utilizing digital platforms to get the message across, uh, whether that was through uh, um, communicating, um, exchanging information, educating people in the community, uh, using these various platforms, whether it's Zoom or otherwise, to really educate the community about what is going on in the 21st century as it pertains to the diaspora. So I have a dynamic team of, of, of experts um, and and um, you know I can't ask for a better team. So we, we've we've made it. Um, we're looking forward to going to 2021 um, strong. We're ready uh, and able, and we are on fire as an organization. Fantastic! And I want to acknowledge your. I see some of your team members already cheering you on. <laughs> um, Mia Black, Amuzie. Mm -hmm. um, welcome to the show, Tama Smith. Welcome. <laughs> I see um, <laughs> you definitely. Oh, Please yeah. <laughs> do share. Um, this is going to be really exciting. I was just asking Mr. Kindele before he joined. I said, are you as excited as I am? It's always a pleasure to engage with you. We usually, you know, go really deep on these types of topics. Absolute, so absolutely. thank you again for joining and thank you for the acknowledgement of the work that we do. Oh, no yes, problem. absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. Um, it's not so much, it's not really a popular conversation. And that's why it's important. Because until we're able to fully shift the narrative about Africa into a commercial standpoint, that's correct. Um, then economic development is not going to be center stage, not just for Africa, but all that engage. Because right. very few people for centuries have been leveraging the resources of the continent, right? Right. The continent, people like to say, oh, poor, poor. I'm saying Africa is one of the richest continents in the world. The, the gap you have is that you're not taking intellectual uh, mindset to convert the natural wealth, which is God-given wealth, the, the oil, the gold, the mineral resources that is abundant on the continent. Right. How do you take that and use it to power the economy? Because one of the things you, you find is that you can have people in Congo where at their backyard, there are diamonds in their backyard, but the, you look in the house, there's no water. Yeah. So part of the, that's how I try to um, narrate that story is that Africa is not poor. No. Um, what it's, what's happening is that the natural wealth, the wealth of nature that the continent is endowed with has to be um, used or leveraged to create modern living. Right. right. Modern life, everything we talk about, electricity, water, all of the um, things that the, the what we call the westernized and the um, civilized or advanced regions in the world, all of the things they enjoy, um, right. you know, in the 21st century, all of those things are man-made. That's right. Uh, <laughs> they are all man-made. <laughs> so um, that, that's that's the way I see it. And I see more people joining us. Jasmine said, absolutely, because I want this to be as interactive as possible, because if not, this will be a recorded video <laughs> that we just put out there. <laughs> the reason it's live is because um, we want to also incorporate um, and engage other people as well. I think, the, I, think, I think one of the things we have to also discuss is how do we link the wealth 
between the U.S. and Africa. One of the things we talk about in GABA a lot is linking the wealth. That's a that is a standard policy platform that we stand by. And whether linking the wealth, whether that's through uh, agriculture, whether that's through education, understanding how we move this thing in the 21st century in the context of the fourth industrial revolution. So one of the things, one of the strategic things we focus on is how to empower local urban communities to engage in Africa. That's important. We've, most of the times we focus on federal governments. It doesn't matter where you live in the world, the federal government is just slow or incompetent. It doesn't matter if you're in Nigeria or whatever, but you can, you can get more bees with honey with your local levels of government. And the reason I'm saying this is because let's take a city like Inkster, um, where we started. We're based in Romulus, Michigan, next door. Uh, and I'll tell you about that in a second, why we did Romulus. But let's take a, let's take a, a city like Inkster, which is 26, uh, 25,000 people, uh, six square miles. It's not a really a big city. It's the largest African-American community outside of the city of Detroit and Wayne County, Michigan. So let's take a city like that. And you can, you, you can uh, look at your city charter, you can look at your city's master plan, and you can look at your city zoning ordinance, and you can utilize those three tools to create a environment that's suitable for businesses, international businesses, to do business and investments within your own local communities. You could do that a lot faster at a local level than you would at the federal levels. A lot of things at the federal level that's already in place, you can manipulate at the local level just through a city charter or a zoning ordinance. So if I wanted to create a if I wanted to create a zoning ordinance that is based on cultural arts, for example, and create a framework within the zoning ordinance within the city of Inkster or or other municipalities, then I've we have created a framework that's suitable for international businesses from Africa to invest in culture arts. And what does culture arts entail? It entails, it can entail architecture, it can entail uh, education, it can entail food industry and food service management. It can, so like setting up restaurants and, incub and food incubation and things of that nature within the framework of, of quote, you've done that at the local level. <laughs> and you link the wealth to the continent. You can you can do that same thing with smart cities. You can do the same thing with land use. Uh, at and by in fact, I'll tell you, I'll tell your audience this: uh, we our, our our team um, participated about uh, about five years ago, almost now. We participated in revamping the city's master plan in Inkster, and you know it was just a community conversation, and I brought up the idea that within this master plan, you need an EB-5 investment mm, program. Yeah, yeah. The planners um, never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> they were so amazed. They said, be like, what, what is EB-5? What is said, what's that? They said, EB-5. I said, yeah, you need a regional center. You need a regional center. The city needs an EB-5 regional center component here in the city of Inkster. They said, well, what is that for? I said, that's to attract international investors and to low-income communities to do redevelopment. All those people want is a green card. And, you know, explain it to them. If you look at the Chinese, uh, they have a backlog on EB-5 right now to the U.S. Same mm -hmm. thing with the Indians and same thing with the Vietnamese. But when you look at Africa, it's, open. You look at, it's very open. When you look it's at Nigeria, open. South yeah. Africa, it's very open. 
And so you have these low income communities that need uh, <clears throat> that need investment right now. They need they need a tax base right now. All this is at the local level. I have not yep. talked about Washington, D.C. Yep. We're doing this right here in Inkster, right here in small cities. And you have the opportunity to create new families and new jobs for, 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 for black people that look like me who are Americans and just to empower the community. They put that ED5 regional center in the master plan. Fantastic. You know, this is music to my ears. A lot of people tell me, Toyin, we don't see you in Washington, D.C. By the way, the guest we're going to have next week is John. John Rosenberg, one of my very good friends, is actually a lobbyist um, in D.C. So I do stay connected. But I tell mm -hmm. them, D.C. should do D.C. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stay here. We're going to engage at the local level. We're going to do Chicago. We're going to do Arkansas. We're going to engage at the local level. In fact... Back in August, one of my executive speakers for the Trade with Africa Business Summit mm -hmm. um, was George Joseph Wood, who is the mm -hmm. chairman of the National Association of Counties in America, mm -hmm. NACO. So that's, that's the way forward, is cities, it's county, it's towns, it's, um, it's um, states, engagement when it, comes to, when it comes to trade with Africa. Absolutely. Out of D.C., you're going to get policies. You're going to get foreign aid. You're going to get diplomacy, yes. But when it comes to private sector involvement in commercial tr trade, buying and selling, export, import, investment, in both, moving in both directions, right? This is bilateral trade. Um, that's, that's the way. What you're doing is the way. It's, but but let, me, let, me, let me also ask you. Yeah. All of this information... It's not common knowledge. Let's no. just agree, right? No, no it's not. Um, <laughs> the other all thing also is this knowledge that you, we are unveiling, it's mm -hmm. diamond in the rough. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are looking for finished products, you know, yeah. you know, easy, rosy, rosy things. And so that's one. The other mm -hmm. thing that I'll also say is um, within the community, whether African-American community, whether African immigrant community, first gen, second gen, third gen, you know, you know the language we use. Right, right, right. Do we actually engage at the local level? You, you have to. Uh, if, if you, you, may, you said something key, D.C. focused on pop. I, I'll take it a step further in D.C. because I do stuff in D.C. as well. The, the language that we use in D.C., especially with black politicians, African-American politicians, the language we use on, on that level, and when we look at Africa, we mm. look at Africa from a social justice mm. and a cultural aspect. Yeah. That is just the truth. Oof. We look at it, and, and even at us, my state lawmakers, we look at Africa as a cultural destination mm. and a social justice issue. That's really it. When it comes to linking the wealth between this community over here and this community over here on two-way trade through logistics with agriculture, with food, with automotive, with uh, information technology, there is a disconnect there. Mm. And the reason why there's a disconnect there is because we, are not, we have not been educated enough to understand the benefits of two-way trade between our local communities. So I mentioned a second ago that we moved GABA, our headquarters to Romulus. Romulus, Michigan 
is where the Detroit Metropolitan Airport is located. The, re the, the reason we positioned ourselves in Romulus, and we still have a presence in Inkster, more on the community end, but on the logistics end, we had to go to Romulus because of on Friday, we have this wonderful event that's happening across Africa called the African, Continental, African <laughs> Continental Free Trade Area. Yes. And the African Continental Free Trade Area where we are trading with nations yep. amongst ourselves. The question is, how do you position not just small, medium-sized businesses in the U.S. to participate with the free trade, agree free trade area, but how do you position municipalities to do the same? And Romulus is set up as a logistic city right here in Metro Detroit. This is where the airport is located. This is where Amazon is located. This is where General Motors is located. And other logistics uh, companies uh, that are small, medium-sized enterprises that we could tap into to do business with Africa. And so uh, we had to explain that to the mayor of Romulus and, <laughs> and, 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 this, and the economic development um, director. And they said, okay, if you have investors from Africa, Romulus is wide open. We need to build condominiums. I said, why do you need to build condominiums? He, want said, you to stay. <laughs> he said, because, because what happens is pilots fly into Detroit Metropolitan Airport and they get tired of going into residence inns by Marriott. They want to get something they, they can invest in and stay there long term. Com um, this is the same city. Romulus is, is a little bigger than Inkster. I think it's 23 square miles, 25,000 residents, 50% black, but it doesn't have a grocery store. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a movie theater. It doesn't have uh, uh, these type of amenities, basic amenities that make a city move forward. And so they're looking for foreign investors from the continent to come in and do business with Romulus. And, and, and then we can link things like an African continental free trade area. We can start linking the wealth with AGOA, which a lot of people do not understand what AGOA is. Right. Uh, I've heard your testimony on AGOA, and I've heard others' testimonies on AGOA yep. about even Custom Border Patrol don't know, know what AGOA is. is. And, they so, don't. and so, and then we talk about foreign trade zones. We talk a lot about that in GABA. Opportunity zones? Exactly. Opportunity so, zones as well? <laughs> exactly. So we, we these are things, these are things right here in the state of Michigan, right? We sit on an international waterway. We have a port authority. There's another country across the river. We have a port authority. We have foreign trade zones. We can utilize and leverage a GOA and all these tools at our disposal. But the barrier between a city here and the world is really education. It's education. You've summarized it. You've, that's that's it. And in fact, going forward, what you just described is why the work that we're doing at Nazaru now looks different. Um, it's almost like four pillars because we, we're telling people you need to move in this direction. But like I said before we joined this, this live show, I said, hopefully people don't think towing saying this is going to be easy, right? This is not right. an easy route. If it were easy, like it would have been done for a long time. But what we're now doing is we're creating knowledge. So I teach now that, you know, you as an educator, I know you appreciate right. that. So I teach yeah. business <laughs> principles, right. business development principles, international trade, export trade, even the AGOA you talked about. Mm -hmm. So for, let me just say for those who has never heard about AGOA, it's the African Growth and Opportunity Act. It has been on the books for 20 years. Yep. Um, it was passed 
20 years ago by President Clinton. Um, so it's a U.S. law. That and, and then let me just say it was also expanded by um, President Bush and then extended by President Obama. It's a bipartisan law that opens channels of trade with right. sub-Saharan African countries in good standing. That's I say good standing because they've kicked out um, Rwanda. But basically, it allows you to be able to import between six to 7,000 products, um, line, lines of products free of duty and without quota. That's correct. Some of the products within that is textile with ethnic origin. Um, there's also rules of origin and all of those things um, baked into it. But textile, things like meat, things like wood, um, a lot of it is used for um, extractive resources like oil. But <clears throat> there are at least 6,000 line items that right. you can actually bring in directly from the continent free of duty and without quota, which buyers and supply chain people do not know. And and that's a whole lot of topics where you think about existing um, supply chain routes, which is my specialty. You think about something like um, cashew. Cashew, um, 40 to 50% of cashew in the world is grown on the continent of Africa, but it's extracted raw into Southeast Asia, roasted, processed, packaged, and brought into the U.S. supply chain. When you think about the future of that chain is directly, just to practicalize what uh, Mr. Kindele is talking about, we can actually bring it, even if you need to bring it raw yep. or process it on the ground and bring it. That's like cost, that's what we call cost savings when you think about um, when you're designing supply chain. It makes more sense to bring, link those things directly to the, uh, to the market. So there's market, um, market um, strategy, market um, entry strategy as well that has to go into what Mr. Akindele is talking about. So, um, you know, back in 2018, um, if I can mention name, one of your members or your, your new additions that came in through our <laughs> that came in through our, our path, um, you know, came to the event and realized, you know, with the resources from Exim Bank and all the knowledge shared. Um, I just want to see what's the update on the um, African store project yep. that um, he's been working on oh, ever since oh, he attended so, so, event. So our good friend, Dewumi. Uh, our yes, good friend. yes, yes. Uh, I didn't want to mention him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I want to I shout his name for a couple of reasons. Awesome, awesome. Uh, uh, two reasons. You probably, you, you, and I'm going to announce this on your program um, because we're very excited what has transpired with him in Romulus. Uh, the, the, the international communities market is moving forward. Uh, it was slow. It was uh, we pretty much have a location nailed down the business plan. All that stuff is ready to go. The 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 um, suppliers, all that's ready to go. It's just more of the funding end that we're working on right now. Uh, a lot of things got slowed down because of COVID. Uh, I always have to remind him of that. But um, <laughs> but he's moving. He's moving um, forward. The big thing that happened yesterday was it was announced that uh, he has been appointed. Uh, to the Romulus Planning Commission. Now that's major, that's awesome. very, very, very important awesome. for your viewers to understand the importance of a planning commission. Um, the planning commission, and we have actually two members in GABA that sits on a planning commission. Fantastic. Um, so you have, we have, uh, we have uh, one in Romulus and one in Inkster. And so the planning commission is, is almost uh, just as almost important as a city council. Because normally, whatever happens in the planning commission, as it pertains to business and zoning, the city council, unless there's some extra questions, they just pass it. So, you know, getting Africans, continental Africans, our brothers and sisters from the continent who are living here in the U.S. to be engaged, you don't always have to run for U.S. Senate or U.S. Congress, per se. Sometimes you need to just get appointed to a DDA 
or a library board or a planning commission to make a big difference as a voice and as strategy uh, within the community in which you live in, where you're paying taxes. And so he got, he's on the planning commission. That's a big step for us as we go into 2021 with the African Continental Free Trade Area. That's going to be a major, major move on us um, to really make some things happen. And just, you know, and just in Romulus, um, our state senator out there, um, Erica Geis, she is, you know, she's Panamanian Haitian. She's been uh, extremely supportive of our efforts to link the wealth between the U.S. and Africa, especially with Michigan. She's really passionate about making that happen. And so, uh, and and actually, uh, actually a new uh, African market opened in her district uh, in Taylor, Michigan. So, I mean, these things are coming together. And what we're trying to do now is, yes, we see people opening food markets and this store, but how do you create that supply chain? Yeah. How do you create that? How do you recreate that supply chain where we have a voice at the table at the county level here where we could discuss um, B2Bs, where we could discuss all these, all these import exports and leveraging this river that we call the Detroit River that is part of the St. Lawrence Seaway. That, we, we just have not uh, had a plan to push that. And so that's what we want to do in 2021 with our team is to push those and push those initiatives, not just here in Michigan, but in Georgia and other areas where we have a presence. Uh, and, and of course, abroad, um, which I just got done speaking to one of our GABA ambassadors at Abuja. And we, we talked a long time last night and uh, something she brought up to my attention that's um, that the federal government is investing in, I think it's a technology village. And, and when I finished, when I got done reading it, they want to create this fourth industrial revolution type of community <laughs> with smart cities. And so yep. that's a that's a potential investment for GABA yep. to get involved with. Um, definitely caught my attention. And so um, that's some more. We're going to have more dialogue behind closed doors about that. But just to really just to really hammer your audience. You start at the local level and I'm telling you, the World Economic Forum has said by 2030, it'll be cities, not federal governments running the show. Mm. The cities is what's going to move the planet, not the federal governments. And that's true. Yep. That's very true. All politics are local. All economics are local. And so we have to start positioning ourselves how to do business at the local level. It doesn't matter if your town, I don't care if you have 5,000 people in your town or 250,000 people in your town. Yep. You have to engage your local tools that are available to engage the continent as the continent continues to evolve with those resources of diamonds. If you have gemstones in northern Nigeria, where is our gems? Where is our jewelry store here in the U.S.? Yes. And um, the reason I'm all smiles is because um, for me, Part of what you know we've done is to create platforms that allow allows people to immerse themselves in knowledge, and then we set them loose. <laughs> if I can right. say that, yeah. because you don't want to go after these things because you don't know where the minefields are. Yeah. So it's so important for people to invest in coaching, in business development skills, and that's what we do with the Trade with Africa Network. Yeah. Because what I've seen now over the years. Maybe I need to start calling people graduates or I don't know what's out because the people that have gone through 
um, either immersing themselves in our experiences or their trade with Africa Business Summit. Like you will not remain the same person again. Um, I've been on calls the last couple of weeks with testimonials and tests. I've put some of those out there mm -hmm. from people in Kaduna whose business has been transformed in three weeks mm -hmm. to government officials that took the masterclass and she was like, oh my goodness, now I know what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're designing projects as well. Yep. So for me, while, while you're sharing and while we're sharing the dream, we, we know where, you and I know where this needs to go, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But one of the things that happened for me this year with COVID, was I had to take a moment. We all had to slow down a bit and, and take a moment to think. And what came to my heart was towing. Look behind you, who is following? Assess the maturity level of the people who's following and make sure you're tailoring your message to those people. Mm -hmm. Because for me, excuse me, for, for as a futurist, yeah. I'm coming from working for the world's most sophisticated company, number one, Walmart. Yeah, Walmart I yeah. manage all, you know, I see the future. So when I left, I was like, Trade with Africa, let's go. Let's do transactions. And it was like, crickets. Okay. <laughs> like, what's going on? Right. So for me, um, even this morning, um, I was having an exchange with um, one of our, our, con our members who works for the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. And I said, AFCFTA, AFCFTA, um, many people still don't know what it is. They still don't know how to apply it. Um, it's the difference between strategy and execution. Mm -hmm. The strategy is in place, but the people that are supposed to execute, there's a disconnect. So, so Mr. Kindele, what's the disconnect in all of this strategic vision? Mm -hmm. um, because that's what AFCFTA represents. It's right. the future of Africa and, and the policies in place that would help you implement the future. But yeah. what's, the, what's the disconnect between that grand plan and the local execution at I, the local levels? I, I, again, education. I, I, you know, one of, the things, um, one, of the, one of the things when you talk to a local official, they have never heard of the African continental free trade area. They've never heard of AGOA. They don't even realize that their city can be a foreign trade zone like Nashville. They simply don't. See, when, you, when we've been conditioned to do just community stuff, mm. as opposed to doing community stuff in the framework of economic development. That's a difference. That's a big difference. We, 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 there's a disconnect there. And not to take away from the community stuff, but how do you do community economic development mm. in the context of the 21st century, of a global context? We have to condition our minds to think global. We have to, there are people that come to me all the time you know, I want to, I want to sell t-shirts, but I want made in Africa t-shirts to import. Who can I turn to? Um, socks, garments, you know, these are just, these are, they sound basic, but it's a big deal because China, you and I both know China has <laughs> dominated the market. And so what does manufacturing come into play? We, we have to, we have to start educating people. Here's an example I always give. You could take you could take a financial institution like Echo Bank or GT mm. Bank. Yeah. They don't have to necessarily have GT Bank in Detroit or GT Bank in Chicago, but mm. they can have a subsidiary yes. of that bank here in the US that follow that follow the FTC and all that. They can have subsidiaries of 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 um of oil companies that are prospering on the continent here in the US. 
And from those oil companies, we can train young African-American brothers and sisters to go into owning their own gas station of ownership. That's now we now what we're doing is taking an African model, putting it in an American city, right? And creating entrepreneurship. Now we have linked the wealth. Now we've done that. So the way we try to frame that discussion from our end is, hey, we could take uh, companies and franchises uh, on the continent, bring them here and put them in these local communities, train our young, young people how to create entrepreneurship and wealth building practices for themselves and also give back and, re and increase the tax base. That's an idea we've always had in this organization. And so the, I think the barrier that you're discussing about the African continental free trade area as it pertains to the local level is really just educating lawmakers and policymakers and people on the planning and these planning commissions, the importance in their economic development directors, the importance of why you should be engaged in this. That's why we put an EB-5 regional center in that master plan. We did that in Inkster. We did that. It was purpose. We did it on purpose. And, and, and we put some other things in there, like international housing for community college students and things like that. We, we, we did that strategically so that someone from a bank or an investment or investment firm, they'll look at the master plan. They see what we're talking about matches what's in the master plan. And they can move the next step on the Community Reinvestment Act uh, project. So long story short, <laughs> we have to just educate and we have to motivate and show people that things are global. Things are, we start local, but things are global as a protect just the mere, the mere fact that we use the internet, you're using the global utility. Yes. So, so, okay. Let, let, let me bring this to ground zero, the battle that we're against. Okay. Yep. When you think about media, the images, mm -hmm. Okay, that the uh, African American brothers here in the US, for example, that's just an example, as seen mm -hmm. about the continent over the last 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. It goes against what you and I are talking about today. Like, it's like, really? Yeah. Echo Bank? Is there stock exchange in Africa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's news to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, for me, I, I actually have to be very gentle in my approach and mm -hmm. I empathize because when you think about education, education right. starts with what you're looking at on TV. Correct. The education people have about the continents is the is the fly, is the fly in front of the key, this poverty, it's war, it's famine. So how do you then reorient people towards say and one of the ways I say is it's one side. I'm not saying all of that doesn't exist, which is right. like Chicago crime and everything. If that's all you see about Chicago, mm -hmm. I don't realize it's the third largest city in the U.S. Right. Um, in 2019, it attracted the highest um, investments in the U.S. You know, when I think about Arkansas, people say Arkansas. I'm like, yeah, it's the largest exporter of rice in the U.S. When it comes yeah. to agriculture, it's the home of the world's largest. And you go on with business-centric stats and market yeah. insights people's eyes then pop. So that's one of the ways, reasons why my consistency in what I do at Nazaru over the years, we've been consistent because I know we only do business with people we know and people we trust. That's correct. So when people don't know about Africa, 
When people don't understand that on the other side are executives and business leaders on the continent Mm -hmm. that are probably handling more millions than you and I, right? People don't see that. So how do we, I guess that's something I'm solving for with the work that we do, for example, this show. But how do we fast track that? How do we fast track this awareness that Africa is no different than India or China or Latin America when it comes to commercial engagement? We, we have to, well, first, first and foremost, uh, we have to off, we have to, whatever city we live in, we have to showcase the city in which we live in what, and what do we offer? You know, whether that's land, whether that's, uh, uh, you know, and land is, land is very, very important. I've instructed people in GABA <laughs> to purchase land. I don't care if it's a vacant lot. I have, instructed, I have instructed them, especially my real estate folks, to get on top of investing in lots, lot vacant lots. Why, do, why, why a vacant lot? Why a parcel of land? Because if you control those vacant lots, you control the direction of what you're trying to do. And so land, Inkster, Michigan, we have plenty of land in Inkster, Michigan. In Romulus, we have more land in Romulus than Inkster. But so the land is there, okay? Land is important. The other thing we have to pay close attention to is, is how we market our communities in a global in a global setting. We have just not have done that. That doesn't happen. That and, we doesn't have, happen. And, at, and at the same token, we have we have black women here in the United States who are, are, are phenomenal when it comes to business, but they have no access to angel or, or venture capitalists mm-hmm. money to get their projects off the ground. But on the continent, we have that, period, point blank. But we, but if the, the, the problem we've always faced is that we are so insular and we do not do a good job of using the continent, regardless of from Senegal or Sierra Leone or Nigeria, we do not do a good job of using our home nations as mm-hmm. a resource. Mm-hmm. Jews may hate, Jews in America may hate Benjamin Netanyahu as a prime minister of Israel. Do they hate him? <laughs> Maybe not. They not A lot of them don't particularly care for him. But they use Israel mm. as a resource. Mm. Arabs use their home nations, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, as a resource. We have to learn to change the narrative of our home nations, got to stop bashing our home nations and start oh. and start understanding that there are resources. You have coca, you have diamonds, you have uh, uh, textiles, you have technology. Most importantly, you have human capital that's young and hungry for transformation. We have to stop change. We have to stop bashing places like Nigeria. We have to stop bashing Kenya. And, to, and just focusing on governments, that's the problem. The strategy we use in the Global African Business Association is we don't really focus on governments in Africa. We like to focus on Chamber of Commerces because they're a lot easier to deal with. <laughs> and, and, and seriously, they're a lot easier to deal with. And it's, and it's a lot of, um, it's easier to get things done through a, through a Chamber of Commerce as opposed to me going to a federal government. Now I gotta, now I gotta put on my lobbyist hat Bribe people and all kind of nonsense. No, 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 we don't do. 
Yeah, out of that nonsense when, when, when we could just go to the chamber and just exchange resources and get the job done. And people are looking, and people are looking to do trade missions into a Michigan. What and you mentioned Arkansas and Rice. Well, Michigan, people say, well, Michigan is uh, known for automotive. That's very true. What people don't know about Michigan is also known for uh, advanced manufacturing and agriculture. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, live, I went to school in Michigan. I also worked for Whirlpool Corporation for yep. almost seven years. Um, you know, so and, you're you're right. Your point on I want to I want to say something about Whirlpool. <laughs> we were right there in Benton Harbor. I used to live in Benton Harbor. You're right oh, there in Benton Harbor. Benton Harbor is a is a key city of interest for us in 2021 mm. because the Minority Business Development Agency has the they have an African export. You know that in Chicago, mm-hmm. Benton Harbor sits on Lake Michigan, 90 minutes yes. from Chicago. Yeah, Benton Harbor is being gentrified mm. right now, mm. and this is a prime time for us to go and invest and make Benton Harbor a global yeah. city. Yeah, and and along that line, just to buttress your point there, um, because I lived I lived right there, St. Joe, Michigan. It's like right. a twin yep. city, but twin really city. we know that one of it is 90% black, one of it is 90% white. Yep. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the beautiful things that um, used to be talked about that region is because it sits beautifully right in between Chicago and Detroit. So travelers going between those two axes, they always stop, you know, in St. In, in, in so it's strategically located. And right. we used to do like the summers are beautiful, the beaches like during summer, it's like right. spring break. The student, I loved, I loved, I enjoyed my time in that space. But there's one of the strategic positioning is right. It's right in between Chicago and Detroit. And it's that's a right. cultural destination for absolutely. travelers as well. Absolutely. So I just wanted to say, yes, absolutely. You're absolutely. spot on when it comes to Michigan. And that's the way to think really. Wow. We we've, we we have a lot of engagement. Let me try and bring um some of, right. those, um, some of those. Wow! Thank you, everyone. Okay, um, Jasmine Barrett says this is so true. I have been a strong advocate in our local communities for self sustainability and holding our municipal leadership accountable to the citizens and residents that voted them into the into that position. Awesome. Um, Stephanie says, greetings from Cleveland, Ohio. I live in Ohio as well. Hello. Um, Bowling Green, Ohio. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and I walked in Finley, Finley, Ohio. And then my husband okay. was getting his PhD from um, Toledo. Okay. So, yeah, I've been around a little right. bit. <laughs> around the Midwest. So, hello. <laughs> my, my son, I also, I also had a, a son in Ohio. So, yeah. So, Ohio was home for a while as well. Michigan was home. Ohio was home. Arkansas was home. And now mm-hmm. I'm in Chicago. Um, awesome. Um, Jasmine says, I'm meeting with a client soon. We'll be recording. Will the recording be shared for later viewing? Yes, absolutely. In fact, part of the reason we produce a lot of content is because it goes round. It goes round and so many people call and say, hey, we saw this. We have more questions. So yes, absolutely. Um, this is being live streamed on multiple platforms, LinkedIn, YouTube, and I think three channels on Facebook. We're making it broad because Nobody's going to do this for us. We have right. to um, all come together. We have to work together. We have to share. So I, I, I want to encourage people, if there's something that you learned today, please pay it forward, right? Pay it forward, share it together. Let's mobilize ourselves as well. I also love what you talked about, Chamber of Commerce. It's, it's something that is really fantastic because 
I, the way I see it is that the, the private sector needs to organize itself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, um, Dr. Victor Oladokun, say, Toyin, keep it up, the good work, well done. I appreciate that. We look up to you, um, doc, um, um, Dr. Victor Oladokun um, is a well-celebrated, award-winning journalist on the continent, is an elder in the field of media and journalism. So for him to, to really acknowledge what you're doing, um, that's a big plus. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, um, okay. Okay. Jasmine, thank you as well. You also say the public education curriculum is definitely a highly impactful place to start. Um, okay. Fantastic. Okay, she, she's, she's on. She's, you can also see the comments, right? On yeah, your yeah, side, yeah, you can, can. see. Um, <laughs> She says, I would love to further discuss how to collaborate mm -hmm. and be a mission. Yes, we would love to know what you do. And because the people, people always ask, Toyin, where can we start from? And one of the things I encourage them is to, to take the trade and investment facilitation masterclass. Because what I do is I take people through the breadth and the depth. Because if you're new, the first question you're going to ask yourself once you are awake to this opportunity is, where do I plug? Where do I play? Where can I play? And we go through like trade, what it means when we say trade, buying, selling. Are you the buyer? Are you the seller? Do you just want to be a facilitator? A facilitator is really bringing those two parties together. Right. You know, I try to explain the financing bank, why we work with, you know, banks like the Exim banks and the banks on the continent, like Bank of Industries, Export Import Bank, like African Export Import Bank, which is primarily owned by the government. Like, I think about 50 governments own that bank. So, so there's the buying, there's the selling, <laughs> there's the financing, right. and then there's the investment side. And then we talk about the legal structures. And once we have people go through that class, it's like light bulb. And then people go, okay, now I know what to do. Yep. Let's go. Right. And then we take them through all that thing. So when people, when we tell people to, and I'm sure you also go through this, um, Mr. Akindele, is first is to awaken people right. to the reality of the opportunity. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Once they are awake, we also have to tell them, this is a journey. It's like going back to school. <laughs> it is. It's a science. And it's, it's, a science. A, it's a science. And it's a it's a journey. You're correct. And you have to be motivated uh, and understand. You have to also navigate the culture, the, the cultural mm -hmm. differences. You also have to navigate the business differences um, of 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 understanding the importance of this trade with Africa platform, this economic platform, this movement that we are trying to develop. Um, what you're doing through master classes and educational end, what I'm trying to do on the public policy and academic end as well, and the community development end, I think these things are very important because uh, what we're doing is creating an ecosystem. We're creating an ecosystem of empowerment to develop, to present within our community. One of the things I wanted to share with you real quick, we have a young lady in Inkster, Michigan. She's on the city council. Her name is Legina Washington. Legina Washington is a sister. She's from her. She's has she's Trinidadian, mm. and one of the things she asked me was, "Hey, look, how do we really, really create a space for African and Caribbean people to invest in businesses?" I said, "Well, wow. you know, city council, and we have folks on the planning commission." I said, "That's a that's that's what we've been trying to do the last six years, is here in Inkster is create that space." One of the problems you're running going to run into is uh, uh, the the tax base 
we have to figure out a way how to deal with the tax base to attract new businesses and private investment into a community like this. Um, I think it's important to change the narrative of local communities. You mentioned earlier about Chicago. Oh, everybody knows Chicago for being about crime, but not all these other investments that's going on in Chicago. So I think we have to do a better job of creating a narrative. I always tell people that Inkster or Romulus, these are communities, uh, these are communities uh, in terms of global destinations of investment. And the reason I say that is because you can you, you can utilize here uh, the opportunity zones here in, in those cities. You can op utilize the EB-5. You can utilize the foreign trade zones. So there are tools that are set up by the federal government here in the U U.S. that you can utilize to impact yourself and your family and your own legacy. But we have to, again, we have to change the narrative mm. of what these communities offer and also change the narrative what these communities offer on the continent. <laughs> so that that way we can start telling our own success stories. Yeah. And I think that's a problem when they look at Africa as being, uh, um, um, you know, in terms of chaos, uh, in terms of starvation, in terms of all these negative images of Africa, not understanding that there is a strong uh, entertainment sector. There's a strong um, if an ICT sector, uh, yeah. Bitcoin. Uh, cryptocurrencies. Oh, and, that stuff is live. It's 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 <laughs> it's live. So you see where I'm going with that. Yeah. But you would have never known that if we're not sharing and educating people about these things. So you know, African Americans have an opportunity to uh, um, to create manufacturing and on on the continent and participate, uh, expand their businesses and and to set up their LTDs and participate in the African continental free trade area as an African-American business. So there are plenty of ways of how to link the wealth. But I think one of the things we have to do going into 2021 is showcasing the importance of why this platform is important for your city. You are bleeding cash in your city. You are bleeding residence and a tax base in your city. So what we need to do is change the narrative and change the direction on how to do business with Africa. And Africa has to learn how to do business with the U.S. as it pertains to local urban communities for empowerment. Absolutely. And on January 11th, my guest is actually a university professor that wrote a book on Africa and America um, embracing cultural differences. So I look forward to that in terms of within the context of engaging, like if you're trading with China, you absolutely need to respect, right. you know, their, their culture, um, you know, you have to, ex, ex, you know, really, 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 really appreciate who they that's are right. as a people. And I think that's the future of Africa is that um, Africans are looking for that mutual respect, which Absolutely. they've not received in years past. So a lot of people that have done business um, before on the continent, they're really in for a rude awakening yeah. <laughs> because um, in the past, and I've had, uh, there are some calls I've had that, maybe I'll share, I'll share one. Um, but I think the people that have been engaging a lot with Africa in the past, the last 20 years, they, 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 they engaged, um, um, I, I, there's no politically correct way to say this. They, they engage from a place of superiority. 
yeah. kind of like yeah. we know something you don't we're teaching you meanwhile they're all out to take something from africa like nobody right, exactly. from africa doing you know <laughs> doing charity but they paint a picture of we're here to do something for you all of that and they don't realize now that africans are, are woke they are weak <laughs> in fact so this is the call that I, I received one day someone called me and was like oh toy i see what you're doing obviously an american a caucasian man it was like i see what you're doing um i would like to help you with this i'm like no i've got that it was like i'll help you i can do this for you i was like no 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 i've got that tell me something else you can do for me tell me the value you're bringing to this conversation he tried different attempts to tell right. me a storyline of something he could do that i cannot do or something he knows that i can i was like no 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 you're you don't know who you're talking to but obviously in a polite way towards the end do you know what he did he said oh oh i see now they have it, i think he didn't even realize he was speaking into a phone he was like i see now the africans don't need us anymore they've gone to school <laughs> 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 oh no can oh. you imagine that hmm? can you imagine that? Oh, yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I was like oh wow because he he, he played all the games yep because when when african leaders come to the us you know they will be there's all i mean just a us is just an example this happens all over right oh, course, yeah. they, they, they go oh let me teach you something you don't know let me tell you something you don't know. and they're like oh really it's like you know those times during the slaves like you know what happened with colonialism where right. they show you a mirror and they're like mirror and you're like mirror mirror who is the fairest of them all right, and right, they right. tell you if you want this mirror let me give you something and People have been selling their bat rights because of all those things. So this guy played all those things, and I was like, "Okay, so yeah, like tell me something I don't know." And then towards the end, he just let it out. He felt frustrated, mm -hmm. and none of his baits worked. Mm -hmm. And he said, "Oh, I see. Africans are—they're now doing what we used to do. They now have all of the knowledge. They have all of, all of the information. Mm -hmm. Really, that means they have no use of us." Mm -hmm. Wake up, wake up. This is 2020. So it is. It naturally, I wouldn't share that publicly because there are so many things I go through and we navigate. But I'm sharing that with the audience today to say your ignorance is expensive. It's not Somebody's only paying it's, a price. It's, it's, it's expensive and also uh, uh, can be detrimental uh, to your to your mission and your vision and your platform, and most important, your legacy. Uh, you know, one of the things I just wanted to share quickly uh, here in GABA, you know, we have we have 75 percent of our membership are women, the black women, mostly 25 uh, percent men, 54 percent of those are millennials. Uh, now, I, I, I have a you know, unlike other folks, I invest in young people heavily. And the reason I, I invest in young people is because Africa is a continent full of young people. And we have to start investing in our next generation. You know, oftentimes we, we are apprehensive of, of doing that, or we want to control uh, their creativity, 